What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another Tell Me Something Good Pod Pod. I am trying to make it fancy again this week, you guys. So, you know, I I got to figure out. I'll find out when the chat starts if if the camera's working and the mic is working. But there also seems like there's a lag again with my mouth and the fucking camera. God damn it. Hey, Ray Ray. Ray Ray, tell me something. Is there a lag? It looks like there's a lag. Get the fuck. Hold on one second. I got a good idea.
How are we doing? Test one, two, test, test, test. Test one, two, test, test, test. Yeah? What about now? Jim Moran, can you hear me? You can hear me? All right. Well, that was a disaster. <laughs> As usual. Uh, you know what, though? But I can't. There's a lag. Fucking dick, mother. Son of a. I hate being old. I can't figure out how to not get a lag on my. <sighs> Hell of a lag. All right. I'm getting rid of them. I'm getting rid of the camera then, everybody. I'm going back to the camera that we know works. We know this camera works. There we go. All right. I'll have to figure it out some other time, everybody. At least we get sound, man. You know what? I, I Damn it. If I can't do, I just, no lag in there. About a three second lag with Andrew. We'll figure it out, everybody. Welcome to, uh, uh, I'm so sorry. And welcome to uh, another edition of Tell Me Something Good Pod Pod. I'm, uh, I'm Josh Wolf, as usual. Um, we will be doing the first 15 minutes with just, just us. And uh, then we'll head over to the podcast people. Um, and, um, so I, I like to spend these first 15 minutes talking to you guys. So remember if you guys have any questions or, um, comments or whatever you want to do, uh, let me know. I am not high today. Uh, I only get high on my uh, afternoon. I only get high on my Monday shows sometimes, um, on my Friday shows and occasionally on my Sunday shows. No, I only get high on the Mondays. Um, but here we are. I'm excited to be here today on the show, guys. I'm super excited, man. Um, first of all, you know, I have a bunch of, you know, I usually do the weird news stories. No weird news stories today. Um, yeah, how many people just dropped when the broadcast? I mean, happy birthday, Reed Erickson. Um, how many, I wonder how many people dropped as soon as they turned it on. They were like, this dude isn't even here. You want me to give your eight-year-old a shout out? Steven, why is your eight-year-old watching me? <laughs> that seems like bad parenting. <laughs> I don't know, man. Happy birthday. Happy Merry Christmas, dude. You little eight-year-old. I don't know what your name is, but maybe you should turn on the Disney channel or something. I don't know if you should be watching me because I'm going to say fuck a couple of times. At least. I might even say cocksucker once. So you shouldn't be watching me. I might slip in a motherfucker, which is what your dad is. So here's the deal. I would suggest most parents, don't let your eight-year-old listen to my show. You can if you want to, but don't be mad if he says something like, what the fuck is this when you're driving in the car and be like, oh, that's right. Or if he yells merge asshole from the back seat. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, that's what it is, Sarah. It's either very bad parenting or very good. You're 100% right. I'm just kidding, guys. Different strokes for different folks, man. Different. I, look, when I was growing up, I'll tell you something. I can tell you the minute that I wanted to be a stand-up. I was driving with my, we had, so we didn't grow up with a whole lot of money. And uh, my brother was going to college in Jacksonville. And um, we were driving from Massachusetts. And we, you know, we drove 
you know, we didn't have the money to fly him down. We drove down and, um, how's it going, Alex? Um, and then, uh, on the way down, you know, we didn't, we weren't staying at hotels. One place we stayed guys, I'm going to have my brother on to talk about this, but one place we stayed, we stayed at my oldest brother's fraternity, which hadn't been cleaned before they left for the summer. And my dad, my dad took a shower in this bathroom, dude, barefoot. It was, it had like a, like a couple inches of just, just sitting water. And it just smelled like dudes had lived there the entire year. My dad doesn't give a fuck about that stuff. My dad dropped a hot dog at Fenway park, a hot dog at Fenway park. Maybe this was like five years ago, six years ago. It was me and Beth and Jacob, my dad and my mom. My dude dropped a hot dog on the ground at Fenway and picked it up and ate it. And I was like, are you going to eat that? And he goes, yes, yeah, my hot dog. And I was like, uh, it's Fenway's hot dog now, man. Like it's everybody's hot dog. That, mm. But anyways, we didn't have money for the hotel. So we stayed and one night we stayed at one of my dad's friend's houses and, um, Maybe it was on HBO or maybe the guy had a VHS, but I watched Carlin at Carnegie Hall. And um, I had done stand up already. Uh, and, and my guest today, by the way, when I bring him on, is a guy I went to high school with, man, and another guy who's starting a small business uh, and just a really good dude, super funny, lived a really interesting life. He's coming on, but he might have seen me the first one or two times I did stand up over. I did it at a place called Carbers in Hadley, Mass. And the first time I did it, I did it at a place called um, the Iron Horse in Northampton, Mass. But I didn't know if, what, if I wanted to do it. I had just had fun doing it. But I remember watching George Carlin and thinking, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm wait. Billy, what's up, man, with your blonde hair? Look at you, look like Gary 2002, bro. That's my man, Billy Carpenter. I'm, you going by William now, man? Good dude, man. William Carpenter, good dude. Um, so yeah, uh, but watching Carlin, I remember like, ooh, this is oh, that's interesting. Watching finding my mom's Red Skelton tapes. I'll tell you something, guys. If you don't know who Red Skelton is or you haven't listened to Red Fox, um, ooh, funny, fun, legitimately just super fucking funny people. Yeah, I got my podcast microphone to work, and but I couldn't quite get. Yeah, man, you, you look like Gary, right? Remember when Gary went blonde hair? Gary's my cousin. Gary will also be on the new podcast I'm doing, guys, called Family Time where I'm only interviewing people that that I know and who know me, you know. I'm not going to do comics or celebrities. I'm going to do family, people I went to high school with, people I went to college with, dudes like Billy, people that we can just talk regular and talk about stories that we were both involved in and um, all that stuff. Why do I have to wash my ass? Margaret, this seems like an aggressive comment for no apparent reason. I mean, you're probably right, but I'm just wondering how you know that from where you are. <laughs> um, but yeah, guys, super excited for today. Uh, my eyes are working better today. So you noticed I haven't had to do um, 
any of this action, but I see my buddy Jim Moran already has got his glasses on just to make sure he can see. Um, but look at this. I can still kind of see. Um, John, am I done with Fighter and the Kid? I think so, man. You know, I think he's found his permanent uh, co-hosts, and I think he made a right choice. I'm here, you know. It, it would have been too hard to do it. I appreciate it, Andy. Thank you. Thank you, Matthew. I appreciate that, man. Who's neglecting the balls? This is interesting. Listen, uh, my, oh yeah, yeah. Wash your ass. That's what you mean. You talking about Margaret. You talking about that. All right. Got it. My fault. Um, yeah, no, it doesn't guys, John, it's all right, man. You know, I was really just only a temporary seat filler, you know? So I wouldn't worry about that at all. I know these glasses are a little big for my face. They weren't when I first got them, but I've lost a little weight. So now they look like giant Harry Carey glasses. They really do. This is not my favorite look, which is why I'm probably not going to wear them. I'm also, guys, I'm working on my, I have two new hours of comedy. And I'm, let's get over to the podcast. I have two new hours of comedy coming. Um, one is just stuff that I wrote recently and uh, over quarantine. I'm going to put that out maybe sometime in spring. Um, this is the very first comedy album I ever, uh, there's only C like two CDs left that I've ever found of it. Um, and, uh, I'm rewriting this old material because I'm curious how different of a writer I am now, as opposed to them. And I'm actually going to be performing this live and streaming it at the beginning of February. So I can't wait for you guys to see it. Um, and, uh, what else? Oh, and I, I, I finished, I made a shot of music video this week that we will be dropping on Monday. Uh, but my Patreon people will get a sneak peek at it and the, the song, um, this week I need to take a strip. What man, I can't do you. I don't snort Molly, bro. What do you think? I, I mean, I'm a grown up. I can't be snorting Molly. Listen, I, I'm, I stretch the limits of what grownups do anyways. Do you know what I mean? I can't be snorting Molly. I don't think that was, uh, I don't think that's, oh yeah. I, I just want you to know, Dylan, that J-Rock was actually one of the things I called myself when I was a break dancer. Jim Moran, you remember when I went through my break dancing phase? <laughs> I can see guys, I'm talking to Jim. I can see him underneath. Um, why have I lost weight? Oh, no, I don't have the Rona. Um, I'll tell you why I lost weight. Uh, you know, guys, my body, the way my body works is, and you guys, some people may not want to hear this, but this is the deal. The way my body works is this. If I don't work out, I lose weight. That's it. If I don't, you now I don't get like my body's not like hard as a rock. But I lose weight when I don't work out. So I'm never going to put on weight if I stop working out. I just shrink. And so I just haven't been working out. But we're going to get to why later in the podcast. Um, and guys, it's 3.15. So let's move it over and join the people. Uh, uh, and I'll, let me get to this in a second. Uh, let's get to the people that are joining us on the audio version. Guys, welcome to Tell Me Something Good the podcast uh if you missed the first 15 minutes um we discussed a couple of things maybe that might be a little funny to you uh, if you want to see it you can always go back and watch uh the video which is on my um 
Facebook page, and you can always join us live at 3 o'clock Central Time if you want to join in. I bring people on the show with me. Um, yeah, I got a little shrinkage. Um, it is a pro- listen, different street. It's problem for me, man. Definitely high live Monday guys. If you hear me talking and you're listening and you hear me talking to people where you're like, I don't know where those people are. They're on the stream. Uh, this is a very interactive podcast. Uh, I appreciate you listening. Uh, and if you ever want to join in on the show, quite literally and join on the screen, you can do that today on tell me something good pod pod guys. Um, you know, I like weird news. Uh, but since we're getting close to the holidays, I thought I'd go over some weird gifts that I found. Um, I, I didn't quite figure out how to share the screen with the weird gift. So I'm just going to be able to put it up in the corner, but I'll explain it to you. Um, one of my friends from high school is joining us. My buddy, Jim Moran, uh, Jim, uh, Jim and I ran for class president together. We'll tell you later who won. Um, he had a fascinating career guys, and now he's starting his own small business. So you know that you guys, uh, um, I, I'm, I'm a Friday podcast. So I always like to talk to people, um, who are trying to get their small business off the ground. So if you are the owner of a small business, you work for a small business, you know, somebody you want to nominate them, make sure you send me their info to my Facebook message here. And, uh, let's get, uh, let's get everybody on there, man. So everybody's small business and get a little boost, you know? And, um, and then I'm going to, uh, as usual, we, uh, get a little personal towards the end of the pod and we'll go from there. Uh, but first, before we get started, guys, as usual, um, uh, cat, is somebody posting something that we need to get rid of? Uh, tell me, tell me what it is and I can get rid of it. Okay. Um, so, uh, I'm at a coffee place today. Now you guys know that in general, my biggest pet peeve at a coffee place and even bigger than, um, even bigger than, uh, oh, okay. It's political stuff. Let's, we can just get rid of it. Oh, he might've get rid of himself. No, he didn't. Um, there we go. That's it guys. You know, I don't, we don't do that shit. No, we're not doing politics on here. Fix the damn mic already. Can you not hear it? It just doesn't never feels comfortable. Sorry, John. Uh, no, don't click on that link. Okay. So, uh, I'm at the coffee place. You guys know, man, my biggest pet peeve, my second biggest pet peeve is waiting in line at Starbucks in a line. That's like 15 minutes in the sun. Somebody walks up and they look at the menu. Like they've never seen Starbucks before. Well, what's a venti? Get the fuck out of here. Like there's no, that's my, like if you're waiting in line at McDonald's or a chain place, it doesn't matter if you're, if you're waiting in line at a place that's been in existence for a long time and has had the same fucking menu. And you're like, tell me what a caramel, what's in a chai, get, figure it out, get to the back. I Google it. I don't give a fuck. Do you know what I mean? But my biggest pet peeve is when you put your the bar- bar- barista, barista, barista. Uh, I just described your mom, Sean. It bothers the fuck out of me. My biggest pet peeve, and obviously this is not it. You're not getting this. But when they put your the lid on your coffee at any coffee place, and they put their hand on your mouth hole, hey, why don't you just stick your finger in my mouth? Do you know what I mean? Why don't you just fucking 
you know, finger my uvula. That is the grossest. It's first of all, it's COVID, man. Not even in COVID. I'm sure you wiped your nose, you rubbed your brow, you scratched your ass, you picked your dick. Something happened. Something. You're you're not a doctor. I don't see you walking around like this. You're touching something. Don't you touch my mouth hole. And now we're in COVID and you're touching my mouth hole? Amen. This is not okay. I've said it once. I'm going to say it again, and I'll say it a million times. You touch my mouth hole. No tip. Not only no tip, I'm going to say out loud at the place, don't touch the mouth hole. That's it. Why would you, why would you touch? Sean says, last time I waited in line, I waited for over 20 minutes. I got to the front and they gave me my coffee for free. Oh, that's nice. That didn't end the way I thought or was hoping it was going to. This is basically what I'm saying. Kenny has it. Keep your dick beaters off my mouth hole. That's exactly what it is. Look, man, we know what you're doing with your hands. I don't trust you to wash your hands. You know why I don't trust people to wash their hands? Because the first, at the beginning of this pandemic, you remember what everyone, people like, wash your hands. And people are like, wash your hands. Like, wait a second. Are there that many people who, it just showed me how many gross fucks don't wash their hands. Because everyone was so like, why do I got to wash my hands? Because you're a human, dude. And you walk, you walk around in the world. You need to be told to wash your hands, you sick fuck. Now, I'm not, well, I, I didn't wash it for 30 seconds. That, I, I mean, I wasn't in there like, happy birthday. You know, I didn't, sometimes I have to admit it was like a fee-fee, but at least I wash my hands. You know what I mean? I can't have you guys touching my mouth hole with everything. It is so, yeah. Oh my God. Have you had a lid taste like something, not coffee? Guys, you know what happened to me last week? I was in public and I, I touched a door handle that was wet. Now, I will tell you, I have been known to carry Vaseline with me, especially in New York City, and just rub it on door handles, just for fun, because there's nothing worse than touching a greasy door handle in New York. Because when you're in Indiana, you're probably like, oh, that was just somebody's, probably a grease off a sandwich or something. You know? In New York, like, oh my God, you're, you think that's like, this is, pre I'm patient zero, I'm about to fucking die. Do you know what I mean? That is not a terrible name for a, a sex tape. Oh, touching the wet things, Ray Ray, is damn near the worst thing. It was not, it was a cold wet. It was definitely, it was not fresh, if that's what you're asking. But there is a good time, man. If you guys want to have fun and you like playing, um, oh, this is going to be a great conversation. I want to know some gross things that have happened to you guys in public. We'll get to this. We're going to do that on a different podcast. I'm writing it down right now. Gross things in public. But yeah, but if you want to have fun, guys, like you know I do, and you know I like playing practical jokes, and I hope you saw the practical joke we played. Uh, it's on um, Carolyn Bryan, Caroline Bryan's Instagram, and I put it on my Instagram, but it was a good time. Um. But, uh, yeah, if you want a, a little prank that's easy and cheap and you can do just for fun, take the Vaseline around with you, grab a coffee, wipe it on a door handle, and just sit outside the coffee shop and just watch some people walk in and out. It's one of 
the best things you ever see. And Alicia, I'm going to tell you a quick story, and then I'm going to go to my friend Jim Moran. So, and I think I've told you guys this story, story before. So, okay. Oh, you saw the Luke Bryan prank? Yeah, it was really good, right? That's the one we just posted, guys. You got to see it. Um, okay. So, I... Uh, I used to, when I used to live in, when I was raising the three kids, um, I lived in one room. We made like 11 or $1,200 a month. And I lived in one room, three kids, we weren't making any money, but one night a month we'd go out to dinner because I just wanted them to feel, you know, a little normalcy and all that shit. Um, but the deal was no soda. And we buy dessert on from 7-Eleven on the way and every, anything under a dollar, right? So and everybody drank water because it was just added price we couldn't do. And so my daughter used to always buy gum and she would buy the pack with a lot of pieces and sell. she would sell the pieces to my sons because they were dumb. They were animals. They would buy like a chocolate bar and just go and shove it in their fucking face, right? My daughter was always smarter always smarter and run like, so she would get her dessert, but also make money to buy better desserts. And my sons were like, just shoving things in their face. Right. So, um, we were at, um, uh, what do you call it? PK PF Chang's and after dinner and she's, um, she was, yeah. Washcloth pour. Exactly. We used washcloths a hundred percent. We use washcloth. So we, uh, She's sitting there after dinner and um, she's chewing her gum. And I go, babe, I didn't, I thought you were going to wait till you got home to chew your gum. And she goes, no, no, this isn't my gum. This is the, the gum that PF Chang's leaves for you. And I was like, what? Apparently whatever restaurant we went to, she ate the gum off the bottom of the table. Cause she was trying to save money. So she was like, Oh, I always eat the gum. The restaurant leaves us. <sighs> what? I was like, the first thing I thought was she's either going to be the healthiest human of all time. Or she's going to die tonight. Like she's, she's clearly had every germ in her mouth already right now. So how much grosser could we get, you know, but dude, she was just chewing it. And I didn't want to, like, I didn't want to alarm her. You know what I mean? You don't want to just like smack her face with the gum flies out of her mouth and be like, put your head in boiling water. Like you don't want to alarm your kid to let them know how fucking gross they are and that they will never ever kiss your face ever again. You don't want to say that at dinner, but you definitely want to tell me you get home. Hey, your face, don't get it anywhere within six inches of mine. Like I can't, I don't, you're patient zero. Let's just see how many arms you wake up with tomorrow. You know? Oh, it was rough sauce. Ruff. Lewis, that's what I think too. I think she has an invincible immune system. I don't think she'll ever, like, I think germs go into her body and they're like, oh, we've been here before. We're still here. Oh, that's it. Oh, she chewed everyone's gum. Got it. Yeah, we're good. Well, so gross. Uh, exactly, dude. She's absolutely. I mean, I, I told her, I said, listen, all these COVID vaccinations, you should go get right first in line. Nothing's bad. Nothing bad's going to happen to you. You chewed other people's gum for like three years of your life. Like, I think you're going to be all right. Um, and so everybody. Um, I'm about to, uh, hop over with my friend, Jim. Um, make sure you stick around here in the chat. 
Um, because after uh, uh, we're done with my buddy Jim, um, I'll be bringing you guys on. Uh, we will be talking about weird gifts together. I want to hear about some of the weirdest gifts you've ever gotten. Uh, my daughter is immortal, Bo. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Warsh rag is what my mom used to call it. She always put an R in there. Um, but uh, guys, I'm super excited. As usual, I love reconnecting with old friends and um i love seeing people chase after dreams and 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 doing things that they want in their lives and um you know this guy i've known oh, fuck, probably since i was we started playing little league together so probably since i was 10 years old we played baseball against each other we played every sport in the world against each other and one of my oldest friends jim Moran, man what's up dude how's it going Good. How are you? Good. You know, it's Friday. It's uh, holiday season. So uh, anywhere, but I don't another game. What's going? And by the way, guys, we're gonna get to Jim. Jim. Jim is makes games now, board games, and right, all that. Yeah. Yeah. Just stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, we're, we're all over. They're, I guess they're getting pretty good reviews. So you're getting great reviews, dude. But let's start yeah. real quick. By the way. Guys, so Jim and I ran against each other for class president in high school. Uh, and um, I will tell you, uh, Rachel says hello. I will tell you, everybody, that uh, Ray Ray says hello. I will tell you, I thought I was going to win that because you didn't seem to be taking the running for president very seriously, if I remember correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We're going to get political here. <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely not going to get political. Uh, but you and I started playing. Oh, who won? Great question, Travis. Jim won. And I think what I learned that very time was maybe I don't need to take things this seriously. Because I, I know. I <laughs> well, if that was inspiration for some of your comedy, you know, maybe that was. You nailed it. You nailed it. Tell me something, man. Um, what do you last week I had Gab on and we talked about Mad Gabs and all that stuff, and we went over some uh high school stories and stories about prom and um and all that shit. Uh tell me something, man. What are some well before before I, I do have to feel like I gotta extricate myself from one of your stories in your book. Like I don't want your listeners thinking that I'm the Jimmy in your book because you're not. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I read your book, they were like, hey, you're in his book. And then I read the book and I'm like, what did he do to me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you told me who Jimmy is. So I feel like. No, nah, not you. Not you. Not you. Not yeah, you. Not like, you not I know you. the real identity of the Jimmy in your book. So I'm, I'll am i take it to the grave with me. Or Yeah, no, not you. Not you. Not you. Not you. Um, but, you yeah, know, Jim won the class president. But tell me something, man. Do you. what? Give me one of you. A couple of your. Uh, favorite high school stories you got a couple you like um I, you know we went to a great high school it was yeah. it was uh it probably um not like many other places around um but uh i do like as far <laughs> as you were concerned one of the best stories like i remember with you was i had to relive at a cia polygraph lifestyle uh Test I had to take one time in my late twenties. I had to relive in great detail how I was in a car before a party, and 
I think that's when you started your career as like a CBD kind of aficionado and you see the hands and this stuff all the time. <laughs> There's another guy, Mike, with us. We were going to Seth's party. I don't know if you remember that, but I was like, that's what it was like in that van on Cheech and Chong. <laughs> <laughs> Let, me, <hold> on. <laughs> Let me ask you something, man. Did you, um, when you had to take a, a lie detector, why were you taking that lie detector? Uh, like, pro, you know, I, I was in the Coast Guard um, after I went to the Coast Guard Academy, um, became a junior officer, and I, um, after some sea service, uh, I became like an intelligence officer when I had a land job, and then um, I, I got a call. I, it was about at the five-year mark. You usually have to do five years of service when you get a agree to a military um, academy um, appointment. And I was right at that time, and I was, um, I'd been to see, I'd been an intelligence officer, I'd, I'd done some interesting, great stuff, but I was really thinking on getting out. And um, I got a call, I was like making spaghetti on the stove one night. And I just talked to the guy I was living with at the time. Um, he had, he was a contractor in DC, I was living in DC. Um, when I wasn't at sea or doing operational stuff, I always came back to DC for like policy jobs. And I just got a call and they said, uh, the, um, front office, like the Admiral's office had gotten a call and, uh, you know, would you be interested in taking a polygraph? We need a position. We got a new position we got to fill. And it's at that three letter agency that, you know, um, I was like, crap, I can't get out now, but it was like a two year gig. So I was like, all right. Um, yeah. Right. Like I take that job. Right. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, I know we grew up with a lot of people who would never even touch a job like that, but I was like, no, like I'll, I'll hear it out. Um, and then I had to, in those days they were still doing, um, what they call the lifestyle polygraph. So that's like where you came into the story. And maybe so what they had, they asked you if like, have you ever smoked Weed? Like, why did they go all the way back? Yeah, they, then it was like five base questions. I think they really narrowed it down. It's about serious crimes. It's about like they were asking about hacking and like if you support terrorist organizations, and then they ask specific stuff. And how far back when they ask you questions, like for you for your intelligence job, how far back are they asking you questions? Pretty much now they like go like ten years maybe, um, but. Uh, I've been re-upping for so long that um, it doesn't go that far back. Like, I think when you first come in, um, they ask you questions, but uh, that, you know, talk about your whole life. Um, I know certain people that, um, you know, might have immediate relatives or family relatives that might, um, you know, come from different countries and they get maybe a little bit more uh, a detailed look at, but, um, let me ask you something, man. So say, I uh, say me, right? I've never. Oh, you'd be no, yeah, you. Yeah, no, but. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> I can't believe that took me. But like, I think part of the thing how I made it, I was just like, I think I was, you know, I was raised Catholic. I'm Catholic, so I was like used to confessing. So they. I don't know, not a solution or anything, but I, I was, I was, you know, I was kind of used to that. I was like, all right, I'll tell you if you really. Do you get me. disqualified for drugs, Jim? Like, if I was like, yeah, I smoked weed for like twenty years. 
No, I like today. I don't even think so. Of course, I don't know what I'm talking about right now. But like, I guess if there was a chronic pattern or something, that that would be a problem. But like, I think the the big deal was um, that they really didn't even 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 what um, people might have thought back then would have um, been disqualifying. I think the big thing is they just kind of want to know about it because like they just don't want people to get blackmailed. You know, um, yeah, when if, if if someone can get leverage on you. Then you know, you know, you kind of want to be. They're not expecting you to be, you know, publicly transparent with everything, but they kind of want to know if someone can get leverage on you, which is kind of what you know our adversaries do. So right, so that's it. It's less about we're worried about what you did, and more because of how you're going to perform, but more about we're worried about what you did, just in case anybody can go, hey, I will tell everybody about this if you don't do this for me. Yeah. That kind right. of stuff? I think that's it. But I think there is some threshold that somehow I passed because it was like, you know, somewhere in, you know, somewhere like capital crime is on that spectrum. And like, <laughs> let me ask you something, man. How long have you been in intelligence? And no, you know, I got out of that, you know, after that tour, I actually went back to Coast Guard operational tours. I, I was thinking, you know, my, I, I became like late in my career, strategic policy and strategic, you know, planner wrote some big strategies, got to work for the National Security Council on a bunch of stuff. Um, but I really just kind of formed a niche um, on kind of stuff that I knew, which my intelligence background was part of, um, and then some other stuff. I mean, I got to serve three, I, I, would, I could go to like White House meetings and like for three different administrations on, you know, specific stuff where it's like, uh, you know, some issue comes up and, the people just don't know. Um, How many minute you you've you've been through? You've been to the White House through three administrations. Yeah, you know, as a Coast Guard officer, um, I I did what they told people not to do. I took I kept taking jobs like outside of the Coast Guard. I I had like seven years in the interagency, which normally would not let you probably go as high as I went. But like I, I didn't retire at a really extremely high rank. But um, what I, was your for you, man, what was the most, you know, I'm always interested in what, and what was the most rewarding thing you did? Like that, those kind of things that, yeah, saving. Sure there's a lot of things you did where you're like, I feel really good about that. Saving, saving lives. I mean, yeah. you're, but that that's a double-edged sword. Cause like when you're saving in lives, how Jim, what do you mean saving lives? I just like pulling people out of the water. They're like in the Bering Sea and they're just like going to die. You're talking to someone that you're not sure that you're going to get there and save. Um, you're talking, well, can I, can I ask you a couple questions on that? Yeah. Does that happen when you, when you say you're talking to them, are the people in the boat on the way out talking to them or are there people on land talking to them and also talking to the people on the coast guard boat? Uh, I, I served on pretty major like offshore cutters. So like we would be talking to them in the Bering Sea, like they wouldn't even be able to reach some in, in, in a lot of cases. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with that deadliest catch show. Yeah. I used to enjoy some like after fishing season cocktails with some of those guys at like bar rooms in the Aleutian chain. And really? Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty, they're more colorful in real life than they are on that show actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you so like a helicopter, you can watch a helicopter. You get a lot of tools at your disposal. Um, but it's like, you know, pretty harrowing and dangerous, uh, work. So, um, can I ask you what, can you tell me like, what, what is for you? Was there ever one you went out on? You were like, this is dangerous. Like, this is rough. Like where you felt 
there's been like three or four probably where I was like, yeah, I don't know. Do you ever have, have you ever had to go like, have you ever been one of those people lowered down to pick people up? Is that the no, no, those are like rescue swimmers. Sometimes they don't even get lowered down. They like, you know, jump out, but I've had, you know, I work with, I've worked with those guys to try to come up with plans before we, you know, launch. And we're like, all right, you're going to have and a lot of times it always comes down to like, I don't know how many freaking times you do fuel calculations, but you're like, man, I don't know if this is going to work. We don't know where the headwinds and like, but like I've met some of the most heroic people that were like, and that's the one thing I take away. Like there are heroes everywhere. I mean, I've looked into the eyes of young service members and just be like, need you to, will you, can you go? You know, and it'd be just like, Cappy, I go like, and um, if I were there people who, but they're, they're just like kids, you know, and yeah. they're fear. They go, they go with nothing. They're, there's no special training for that. Um, what? No, no, there's no special training for like, yeah, I'm going to go above and beyond and just like put it all out there. Cause I see someone that is going to die. You know, if, if I don't do something, um, you know, Jim, let me ask you something, man, because and Christina says, thank you for protecting our serving our country. There's a lot of that in the chat, just so you know. Um, I'm so curious because you never know until the moment, right? Are there times when somebody's trained, 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 and the moment comes and it's too big and somebody else has to do it? I'll tell you, all this training you do, um, and that's where I kind of got into games because in the Coast Guard, there's a famous quote that, like, you know, the Coast Guard's all about, you know, um, long hours of, you know, solitude interspersed with moments of gut-wrenching terror or something like that. And it's true. Like you spend so much time out there, like months, um, sometimes on offshore cutters. Um, and, uh, you know, you just basically, when it hits though, it's, it's, you know, it's usually, it can, it can get life and death pretty quick. Um, and then when something bad happens, like in the Bering Sea, or I've even had some cases in the Caribbean where it, it turns bad fast. Um, Wait, what? Can you give me an example? Well, I don't know. You know, like the first time I realized that, um, I mean, I was like, I was still in, um, a cadet and they would station you around the country. And I went to um, Destin, Florida. Like, like I went to the, the Gulf of, um, you know, on the Gulf side of Florida and uh, I was in a small boat station. I was with like guys my age, you know, and except they, you know, they enlisted in the Coast Guard. I was going to the Academy. So they kind of looked at me like they didn't know, um, you know, how they should take me. But, you know, you could just go out. It'd be a nice day. A thunderstorm would come in. And then all of a sudden there's this like charter fishing boat that's like capsized. And you go out there and then there's another guy our age that like didn't make it. And then you got to talk to his father and then the son, and then there's, you know, there's someone who, you know, expires and um, there's a lot of that. I mean, the, you know, the other side of like saving lives, um, I think probably ER doctors would tell you this too, or nurses or, um, you know, when you get to, sometimes when you take those jobs, you, you get to see the bad side of it too. Um, so um, well, you have to, if you're in a job where you're saving lives, it just it seems natural that you're also in a job where you're losing lives. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Otherwise, you know, there would be no, right. right. Um, but I, I really um, met, I, I really had a lot more optimistic um, outlook on life, you know, knowing how many people from diverse backgrounds like share that same common human instinct, you know, that, um, yeah, you very rare. I very, I very rarely had people say no. I very rarely had people who wouldn't have my back. Um, but how, Jim, how, 
Um, how do you handle that first time when you lose a life? Like how, I mean, I, I can't even imagine like, how do you process that? Where do, cause you've got to go home and, and yeah. sit by yourself. Right. You know, for years, like I, I processed, there was like, I, I mean, I don't get too personal, but like, I mean, I had, I had like memory, um, sounds in my head for quite a long time involved really? yeah screen yeah um involving kids and stuff there's no way i don't know that you ever do i don't know if you're ever the same person again i mean i think it's just like a lot of trauma in life you if you don't learn you know to um you know accept it um in some way in some constructive way um, it's going to probably haunt you. And, and, and maybe being haunted by stuff like that is not all that, you know, in a little bit, it makes us more human. Um, you know, there's, there, there are, I, I think it's changing with a lot of PTSD we see from our veterans coming, uh, especially from, you know, overseas and stuff. There's a lot more appreciation for that. And, um, you know, we've had it in every war, every crisis situation. Um, but I do think that it is, um, unrealistic to think that a person who we would hold to some kind of human standard of compassion um, would not have something like that, given like the traumas we know people face. So it's kind of ridiculous that we would ever think um, of, uh, you know, not being affected, like that tough persona personality that, that so many service members, I think for years tried to put on. Um, you know, I, you know that my oldest son is in the army, right? Yeah. And uh, he got med boarded out. So he's out or as of right now, he's out, but um, not the same guy who left and came back from Afghanistan. Yeah. And just, and, and if he was, if he was, yeah, that would be well, bad. I mean, wouldn't that be scarier? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like, I mean, and, and I don't want to say, you know, anything else, but if he was, then, you know, then you'd be really scared. Right. Yeah. You would, because that would not be natural. But I always, I also think that like, as far as people who go over and kids, this is what we're talking about. You know, when they don't, you know what it dawned on me, Jim, and this is going to seem so dumb. Okay. But you know, I went and performed at Guantanamo Bay and um, I did. It was fascinating, dude. I've spent a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not it's not fun, man. I saw I saw the airing of a few good men there with a Marine like battalion in the outdoor theater. And when Demi Moore said, These aren't just Marines, these are Gitmo Marines. Yeah. I, I've never seen more like chaos. Yeah, I was like, I gotta get out of here. Bleachers, beer, and it was just like like instant breakdown. <laughs> yeah, man. Like it, it. That place was interesting, dude. Yeah. It, and uh, you know, they. I was under the impression that it was a. That was even like a simple. You're not watching people die, so this is a simple. I even said to the guy, I was like, "You want people want to get stationed here, right?" And they're like, "No." You're isolated. Yeah. The island, they said the island fever is real. Like you go stir crazy because you, you, you're on a corner of a small island. 
Yeah. That's it. Well, it's not, it's like almost like a tongue that goes yeah. around the leeward and westward point. We used to pull in all the time there. I was a, I had a cutter in Puerto Rico and I was on a ship out of Boston that I used to go down there. Um, yeah, you, it's not a great place um, to be stationed. Um, and, uh, you know, you got. Uh, I got to see both of the, well, th all three of the, you know, the old cages is the best way you can put them. And, and because that wasn't even a prison, but it wasn't the fault of the people on the island. They were sent people and had nowhere else to put them. Right, right, right. Yeah. But I saw those two new facilities that they built. I've and what's that? I've not seen those, but I got a buddy who's a lawyer who has been down there recently. But. Jim, so we went one, right? And uh, yeah, people do. They lose their they knew they lose their minds. They go crazy a little, a little stir crazy on the island, is what people told me. But um, uh, when we were down there, we were in like the in one of the, there were two prisons. In one of the prisons, we were in like that area where the guards, you know, they can see the every prison cell on a screen, right? And I looked in, and some of the guys were out, back, out or the prisoners were playing soccer out in the yard, and some were inside in their cell playing Xbox and eating Cheetos and drinking Pepsi and shit. Right. And I said to the guy who was showing us around, I go, so Xbox. And he goes, yeah, we found um, after we gave him Xbox, they stopped throwing their shit at us because you just gave them something to do in the cell. And when they didn't have anything to do, they would shit in their hand and throw it at people. And when they had an Xbox, they just played Xbox. <laughs> I, you know, there's sociology, there's a sociology kind of um, theory yeah. that video games really might have had the the ubiquitousness of video games might have had the effect on crime that we, you know, play Grand Theft Auto. We always thought that that would increase like, well, no, it actually strangely went down after that. Yeah, that's because the criminals are inside playing video games. <laughs> Yeah, my like eleven and eight year old daughters playing Roblox, and they're robbing banks. <laughs> Man, we played. I remember going. Did you go to the campus center to play video games? Yeah, I used to get out. There was a PBTA. I was in Orchard Valley, but there was a PBTA bus stop in front of my house, and I would get on that in the summer. You know, before you know, our our father made us work at like the farms in Hadley. Yeah, like, we would go up there. We would like get quarters. I remember like going there. With what was your game, dude? What was your game? Were you a pinball guy or did you play like Joust? And I tried to be like, uh, I, what was the name I, of the record store in downtown that we play video games at? Room Records, man. Back Room Records. Man, remember Video Dick? Oh, Video. Yeah. <laughs> Do Google you remember Back Room Records? I still don't come up with anything, but like I can put every zip code in where in like the twelve places I've lived, and the predator sheet is just like of your neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> don't ever do it. Do, do every address you've ever lived and look at that. Like I don't want to do that. No, you don't. But the guy who ran. Oh, listen, Bo Adams just said Galaga. Man, that was my game. Galaga was good. Um, you know, Mike was really good at that. Uh, at Galaga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you play? Did you play Joust? You know, I didn't ever have um enough quarters. I I got good at a couple games like later when I had more discretionary income in college, but. Um, Jou I did like Joust. Joust was like multi, but I liked, I, I wanted to be good at Defender and I just never, and I wanted to be really good at Spy Hunter, but you always know that kid that somehow has more, you know, access to quarters, yep. you know, is more like, that's what it was, Jim. Access to quarters. 
it was like on the table to buy like milk and your lunch. Like it was like my mom didn't have like some roll of quarters and it nah. <laughs> nah. But but there was always like so for us in my you know when I, I was running around with Alan Jackson and Gary Miles, you know. And so out of the three of us, Gary's the one who always had a little money, you know. Gary, Gary was always flush. Gary always had some extra quarters, bro. You know, in, in junior high, big bucks from me. And he's still to this day, like I'm pissed. He he like with in the Sugar Ray um, Marvin Hagler fight. Like yeah. no one thought Sugar Ray, and then he he like somehow said we had bet. Like I thought we were betting straight up, and he was like, "No, man, you owe me five bucks because." We were betting money line, and I'm like, I don't even like. Did we have yes. USA Today back then? I didn't know what the money line was. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Jim, you're gonna love this comment. Jennifer said, "I'm so high." I thought that was Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, but listen, dude, um, I remember Gary had the money man, and um, Nintendo. Yeah, no, Coleco. Coleco was he had that. And you know what else? That would show us those like soft porn movies on his birthday too. Yes, dude. I was about to say. By the way, Taylor says you look like a skinny Drew Carey. Um, yeah, I get a lot of like I don't know. I people always think I look like some, uh, dude. It, when, I, when I was younger, it was you know. When I get older, it's like Jack Nicholson. When I when I was younger, it was Kirk Cameron. Oh yeah. Well yeah. <laughs> um, so dude, Gary's you remember? So Gary's dad was a lawyer but gary's dad was cool as shit dude yeah he that dude but on his 13th birthday he rented for gary we i was there you were there warriors which we must have watched which we must have watched that weekend eight times yeah yeah he had the old betamax like an alice in wonderland porn oh Yeah. Do you remember the Alice in Wonderland? Or they were still telling stories and they were singing songs and shit, but instead of a mushroom, like some dude's dick would pop up. And we <laughs> I remember that, dude. I remember sleeping on my stomach that night. I do remember that. If my parents had known, I I was fine too, dude. No, but Harry Miles was a cool dude, man. And he was like, you know what, guys, just keep it down. There were a lot of there were a lot of parents that were a lot more laissez-faire and Emerson like my my parents like your and, your parents were not no no no, no. it was no, your a parents were. law and um, I find that I'm yeah I'm probably a little bit more on that end of the spectrum as as a parent I think we are kind of products of our own environment without a doubt but it was good it was good to grow up to see you know the differences and and that kind of stuff yeah. you know I remember. Um, but it's so funny, dude, because from the outside, looking at other people's families, you think everybody has a perfect life. Like, I thought Michael Connor's mom and dad were super happy. Do you well, know what I mean? Like, I, know, I, mean I, know. I think everywhere you go, like, there's, especially, like, when I, I tutored, like, on Coast Guard cutters in my spare time, because it'd be those long hours, and I... I got really good at the SAT, like better than I was in high school, like and teaching it because I knew all these kids were going. So when I got stationed on land, I started tutoring these kids that were in my community before I had kids. And I started getting those insights into like, you know, these families that you're just like, yeah, on the surface, it's like this and then it's not. And then I don't know, in my family, we always knew it was kind of a we were just barely holding together. You know, my yeah. dad, I mean, I was like, fifth, like, you know, I sat in the doctor's office 
in fifth grade with all my other siblings because my mom was like, get in here, see what the doctor has to say. Like, you know, he's like, well, you know, if you leave it, you know, my dad was named, his name was Dick. He went by yeah. Dick. By the way, you a healthy lifestyle, you might be able to live for five years. And you know, he had cancer, incurable. And, and like, she's like, so after that, like everything was just like, all right, get, try to get free college, try to yeah. make it through something. But like no one, you know, you, everyone's got that stuff going. I mean, Gabby talked about losing her dad. And oh, I remember wow. like my dad had cancer before her dad. And I remember even feeling guilty like when her dad died, like, and then scared at the same time. Like, well, wasn't my dad supposed to, you know, die before their dad? He was relatively more healthy and younger. My dad was not a spring chicken. Um, yeah, but um, I don't hey, know. Listen, man, you know, stuff, you know? Yeah, it, it, and it's interesting. Like when I look back, one of the reasons that I didn't, one of the reasons it wasn't glaring to me growing up that we didn't have a lot of money is because none of us did. Do you know what I mean? Like the people, the people, the funny thing is now, like the people you thought were rich as yeah. kids were like, no. you know, yeah, you, you wouldn't, you may not, but then there's still people that, you know, that, that still is. Yeah. You know, well, um, like, look, man, for us, you know, there was a, up until my sophomore year, probably in high school, we didn't have a car. Yeah. You know, I used to ride my bike to Mill River for our baseball games and all that shit. And in uniform, right? In like, uniform. Yeah, yeah. 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 In uniform. Right down the, the two lane highway, like to Groff Park. And yeah, dude. Groff Park. What, what, what would it look like today if a kid was wearing a youth football uniform riding down the highway? <laughs> like, First of all, Jim, would you let your kid get on a bike? And ride somewhere by themselves. Well, they would. They would. Um, they wouldn't let you do that. Um, there's this the free range parents like around here up in like Montgomery County, which is north. There's a couple that you know the police would just pick the kids up. What? Right. Yeah, they would be like your kids are unattended, you know, and you know they bring them home. They're like, no, we're letting them do that. And we were all unattended. I know. I know. Our, we, child, our entire childhood. Did you ever go to Darren Pierce's house? I, no, I know. We, we, everything. <laughs> I to get on a PBTA bus and I'd be like, you know, get out of here in the morning. Be back at, at, you know, be back before dinner. We got on public buses. Yeah. And just rode around. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. It was amazing. It was like, I'm going downtown. And then you're like, I remember thinking if you miss that bus, like, on the way home, like during the summer or something. And then that, the schedule is always a little different, shaky in the summer. And Jim, if you miss that bus, you know who wasn't coming to pick you up? Your yeah, parents. your parents. That's right. <laughs> I, I, I remember hitching a few times too. Yeah. I mean, my dad, he was like a gym teacher. So he, like, we would always be like, I was a kid, you know, in those, some of those like 70s guys that were still hanging around that I was like, Oh my God, who's this guy? My dad's like picking him up, but like they all liked my dad. I don't know. Like they, you know, I guess he picked him up, but like he was kind of a, a hard ass, but he would pick people up on the side of the road, you know? So, yeah, man. I, I really do. You know, the one thing that I, that we grew up with that I really wish kids grew up with today, you, you know, when I was on my own for the first time, it wasn't a big deal because we had grown up. Not that our our parents weren't attentive or didn't like us. It was just a different time. They didn't hover over us to make sure they were entertaining us. So when when I finally 
was on my own, I had already done made dinner, spent yeah. the night, but you know what I mean? Done all that stuff, done right. my laundry, done yeah. all that shit, gone to a store and gotten something at 10. We used to carry money and go to Cumberland Farms on our bikes. You know what I mean? Yeah, like or or like your summer job. You know, you had this account. I remember taking out like yeah, four before cards, and then you have a card like oh, like you know, five dollars should be enough for this weekend. And like unless I got to like pony up for a Watrobas run or something. Watrobas? <laughs> what do you know about you South Amherst? What do you know about Watrobas? Oh, well, where would you go for the? Yeah. That's where all the college students went. You'd like loiter in the parking lot, and you know that's what people did, right? We like, also we Watrobas was our was the place where we knew we could steal a bunch of shit because they just weren't. <laughs> Mr. Watroba was not. He was not. And by the way, you know what else we grew up with that that kids don't have now? As a comic, I do recognize this. Specific jokes about like Polish people, Irish people, Italian. Like when we were growing up, and I don't know if people, younger people know this now, the uh, Polish people were synonymous with dumb. And I'm not sure how that happened or when it went away. But like even what we joked about and how we joked is completely different. Right. Right. Yeah. No, it was, um, yeah. And you know, even like in a Catholic congregation where you'd have like, you know, today it would, people wouldn't consider that like European diversity. That was, but that was like diversity is like people would tell jokes about each other. Like, yeah. I remember like, Oh, well he's Irish. He's got that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I will him, say, I like get him off the mic. He's you know, in the, <laughs> I will say, man, you guys were always pretty nice. I never heard a lot of uh Jewish jokes, not to my face, anyways. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, but like, I think, I think, um. I, I think we grew up with a sense, a, a higher sense of uh, tolerance than you probably had at that time. And we did actually in Amherst, especially yeah. Amherst was very, I like mean, Holocaust survivors when we grew up, there's yeah. not many left now Yeah, because it's just, but there, you know, cause some of them were even kids, but there was, you know, and, and they would, um, you know, it was the kind of thing you would have people come to school. Yeah. Right. Like kind of crazy. Yeah. Do you remember my breakdancing phase? Yeah, but you know, I do have to say your your brother I remember was like an really good popper. Like he could like he had those like yeah. He was like Usher man. Yeah, so, but jo yeah. Jonathan could fucking <laughs> dance. And so that's why I was like you wore the clothes well. That's what it was. And you moved like better than I would. <laughs> but I know I'm like, I'm gonna take a time out of this. Actually, I don't even know if you remember about the class president thing. We actually were hatching this plan to do like this co-presidency thing because we figured we would win. Yeah. yeah. I actually, um, I told my dad about it and he was like, what are you afraid of losing? And I'm like, well, I guess, yeah. <laughs> so, and, uh, but I, I think that was like important lesson for you, right? But like, you know, when you're doing that, you know, you're going out on a limb. It's like, if you hadn't done that, who knows if you would, I, it sounds stupid, but I'm being serious. Like if you hadn't done that and then changed phases and done something else, I, you know, you might not have been a comedian, you know, um, because there's risk taking in all of this. So you might not have gone on stage. So like I try to teach my kids the same kind of stuff. Like, you know, 
don't be afraid of failure. Like failing, well, there's a lot of times, like, you know, there will be times in your life where failure has real impacts. Jim. Uh, and, 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 and like, but like when it doesn't, like, and you want it, go for it. Yeah. Um, and I, I try, I'm, I'm every day, I think about ways with my daughters to do that because the risk aversion is just, especially with my girl, like girls, I think it's, you know, we, um, boys are just like more obtuse and they're just like, oh, whatever. And they'll create their own narrative. Like, you know, I don't mm -hmm. want to get political, but like, you know, that, that wasn't a loss. We can redefine this. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but dude, risk aversion, I think is one of the big mistakes people make in life. I'm going to tell you right now, if you want to succeed, you have to fail. You have, and you have to and learn from it. Failure without learning, and, and then but then you also have to try stuff, right? Like, man, here's how I know a joke works. I try it a lot of different ways, and 99 ways eat dicks. And then one way I'm like, oh, that worked. But you have to, because then so say I tell a joke, man, and it works, and I'm like, great. But I don't try it another way. How do I know I can't yeah. make it better? Like just because you you still have to keep trying you still even something you're like this works good you know it works now put it down and try it another way I, and i still can't get beyond the um i i still have that aversion to criticism do you uh, but oh yeah like i'll put the, the my games though have been successful so, i think the game. these eight nine ten year old kids are yeah. telling me something about my game i'm like yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, actually, they know what they're talking about. And then like, like Kirsten Carlson, like she yeah. went to high school with us. Her kid, like her kid tore apart one of my games. And I was like, yeah, he's right. And I kind of knew he was right before yeah. I gave him an older version. And, uh, but like smart kid, you know, and um, yeah, you just, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, not only do you have to be able to get beyond criticism, if you really want to do something, you gotta like look for it. Right. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, man. You know, I, so I shot this music video this week and I sent it out to 10 people, five people who I was sure were going to hate it because they don't like the, they don't like the genre. They don't like music. They don't like parodies. I like it when you put your head on like, you know, seductive, you know, dancing. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll get that going again for you. That That's. <laughs> But I, man, I think it's funny, but I still think it's funny. Tell, tell me something, man. Tell me how you got into making these games and tell everybody what kind of games there are. And tell me, by the way, it, it, tell me where the website is so I can put the website up on the screen yeah, while you're telling it's me. Smartgames.com. So the, the, you know, some people know I'm a veteran, but they think it's Semper Fi Marine, but Semper Paratus is the um, a motto of the Coast Guard, which means always ready. So I just figured I'd go with that. Um, I think people that know you are going to be the first. They're going to try your stuff. So I like kind of an homage to that. But yeah. um, I, I really came about when, you know, I was helping my daughters with homework. And I hated homework. Like, I totally hated homework. I, I mean, I would get offended by math homework. And I wasn't bad at math, but I just didn't do math homework. And I there was a lot of nice people that helped me race off a few problems at the beginning. Because, like, I just thought, but I really learned math by like filling, fill, you know, figuring out my batting average. Yeah, um, me too. Matt Meister, like, would like, oh, it was always like, he was my friend, but he was just like, you know, he played for a different team. I'm like, no, I'm too, and figuring out your average. Um, cribbage, I played a lot of cribbage at Boy Scout. 
uh, camp with like really smart kids in Troop 502, um, South Amherst Troop, and back when Boy Scouts were not, not what we learned it was later because it was yeah yeah yeah. And then um, Dungeons and Dragons, man. I like. Well, I remember that we used to play Dungeons and Dragons a lot. And, and like, yeah, I still I'm gonna play maybe later tonight with uh, some kids online. It's a good winter activity during COVID. Um, but uh, so I I made these games that explained other things and created memory associations with like the hardest to learn math principles and concepts. Um, so the election game I created that's like the the, the one uses my dice system that basically produces um, number combinations that are the hardest ones we know from like learning apps. Mm-hmm. Kids like kids like the hard. It, it seems like the one they get wrong the most is like eight times six. Follow Tell me eight. something, man. So the, the your most successful game, like the one you 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 are currently super excited about. What is that? What is that one about? Lobby's Pizza. That's really the next time my daughter came to me for hope, hope for help with homework um, after she learned her math facts from election night, which was our first game. And it was like a fractions issue. And there's a lot of bad pizza fraction games out there. There's a lot of bad, like we teach fraction concepts younger. And then we teach, I'm like, how do you gamify this? And uh, I was like, well, take monsters, use a 12 piece pizza, make your monsters steal pizza from other players and then try yeah. to pieces and then figure out a bill with decimals and then put in tax and tip cards um but it's actually uh we just got copies like a few weeks before christmas so it didn't like jump off the charts this christmas but or this holiday season but it should hopefully gain some traction because it's getting some early reviews and actually i think it's more fun kids report that actually hey jim hold on one second dave wants to know and dave's a teacher What's the age level for most of these games? Would they be suitable for a fourth grade classroom? Yeah, I think they would for like center-based learning. Um, I th- they definitely would. Election night has, uh, I try to phase the concepts in at an early age. Then there's more advanced versions you can play. Like you could play election night with the addition version that fourth graders could easily play. Um, like the tax and tips, you don't have to figure out percentages if on the basic version of Blobby's Pizza but it does so in a way that when the student is ready, they can play a different version that earn like teaches them the next concept. Um, tell, tell them to, you know, if anyone's got any questions about stuff like that, um, go to, um, you just send me an email at info at sempersmartgames.com. I'd be happy, especially teachers. Um, hey Jim. So, so in, in, I, this is really important. I've said that been saying this for a while, like, um, it's time to change up a little bit the way that we're teaching the kids because for some reason um, we've allowed kids to dictate, well, I'm not doing something if it's not fun. And so learning's not fun. So I want to be on YouTube and parents have been reticent to make their kids learn or make them sit down or be the bad guy. Like our parents were not scared to do. And so I I've always said, man, Hey, you know where America is really losing out science and math. Absolutely. And, and everything in the world. If you look around guys, the chair you're sitting in the room, you're in the house you're in are all science and math. Everything breaks down to math. And the more we fall behind as a country in science and math is good. That to me, that is a huge step backwards for us. It, it really, it's really going to be dependent on solving the, the next 
centuries problems. Yeah. Too. Like yeah. we're not, you know, if you look at what we're doing with COVID right now with that fact, like I'll tell you when they look at those like viral chains, I'm pretty sure there's science and math. In that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yeah. And, and, and the thing is, I think what they, and I didn't want this to happen to my daughters, but like, I, I teach these kids SAT stuff and I see these gaps and people are like, well, algebra is this really hard thing for kids to get. And I'm like, sometimes when I tutored algebra, it would be like, it was sometimes it was eight X plus five X is 13 X. They're like, what? And it wasn't so much. They weren't, they, but they didn't know eight plus five. Yeah. So it builds on each other. So if you miss some of this math, which is going to be a real challenge with COVID now these kids are like home learning like my kids. Yeah. Um, we're going to have to seek out a lot more uh, resources to ensure they're getting that fully enriched experience. And I do think that like we, we knew so many different types of people growing up in Amherst that were different types of geniuses that I think like there's creative geniuses, there's analytical geniuses, there's all these people. Like I kind of always considered myself like pretty smart like cross hemisphere like right brain left brain and i think like even a grad school program i went to it's because i took calculus in college yeah. it it allowed me to take some other courses that could like really put some heft into like the right side the creative side of my brain's like ability because kind of like what i do right now and my success is going to rely on both kind of hemispheres of my brain and like the Brain science is like your left and right brain. You can read about it. I don't yeah. want to get technical. I, I mean, I'm not that guy. Well, you're right. But but what you're doing, dude, you need both. Right. So I, I could not make, I could help 100% with creative stuff. And, and I'm good at also finding things that people connect to emotionally, which I think is important. Huge, but, huge. But, but um, I wouldn't be good at the the part of the brain where you actually had to put it into, you know, make it work. <laughs> I do have a game idea though, that like, that would not be good to associate with my brand, but like you could really run with. Let's hear it. You team up. It's well, it's, it, I don't want to say too much cause, but it's like an adult, you know, it's one of those irreverent adult, like party game, games. creativity and then voting where you, you know, did you, uh, Jim, did you ever go to one of those parties at my house when my parents were out of town? Dude, you were one of those guys that were, you were the last of many like tough, you know, kids that your parents probably had to get out of the nest. And when they got you, it was just like, I know we're like, are we sure there's not a party this weekend? But like, are Josh's parents going, Josh, are your parents going away? And we'd like Thursday be like, nope. And then like Friday would come and they'd be like, Hey, my parents are going away. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd be like, yes. I remember <laughs> and then we would sit around. I remember sitting around your table. I mean, I remember this cool Red Sox glass you had. Oh, yeah. You know, and then I remember, um, man, I'll tell you, you know, some things that are just funny that we played that I we used to call it, you know, it's probably not PC, but that Indian Chief game. Yeah. We would take the card and we'd yep. put it and we'd cycle this drinking and you would go, you know, the headbands people made a kajillion dollars on that. I know, man. Like we, we were like, they weren't. Come on, they just took like what we. Well, you'd sit around the table with this card. It stuck on our head, absolutely drinking. And, and I had that pool table in my basement. Oh yeah, and I remember like there was um, Jeremy. I, he had acquired like some kind of like stray 
half keg Amherst college party or something. And we were like, there was this crisis of what, you know, who, where were these people going to put it? And Josh is just like, I just put my basin on. Like, that's a week. You know what had happened, Jim? You were, you were the last one. They were just like, we're on to the next phase of our life. Like, yeah. so, like we're going to free range with Josh. Yeah. Yeah, they were basically like, don't die. Jeremy was, Jeremy was like, you know, down the line, some older siblings. Yeah, man. You know, I, I remember we threw a party there once and um, we took everything out of the house and and stacked it high in my living room and locked the door. That's some of your parents like albums too. Like, yeah, <laughs> dude, do you know one of those parties, the dining room had like a um, wood floor. Well, I call it wood, but we were. Like, was, I was like, Cat Stevens does have some pretty good stuff. Yeah, dude. Oh, by the way, one time I came home and the party had ended. Oh, I can't. And I'm going to have her on so we can talk about it. But one time party had ended, right? And my parents felt good leaving me away because my brother was watching me, right? Yeah. And he said, he told yeah. me once, I woke up in the morning and he goes, uh, that was embarrassing. I go, what? He goes, I came home last night. I guess you didn't see me, but I saw you slow dancing to Cat Stevens with some girl in the living room. And I was like, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I put on some Cat Stevens to slow dance in my own living room. That sensitive gene. (laughs) You know, I did, dude. Um, Yeah, we, but I charged, I remember that one party I charged, it might have been $5 a head, maybe 10, because I remember the next day I had, and this is, dude. For us, I had something crazy like twelve hundred dollars, and I was like, "What the fuck am I gonna do with twelve hundred dollars?" Oh my god! But you know what I did? I sat around with Finch and Cotphelia, and we drank and drank. I mean, it was—I don't know what the hell happened to it, dude. But at that time, that was the most money ever. <laughs> that was—that was a lot. That would take. That would take quite a few rides on the uh, cucumber picker in Hadley. A hundred percent, it would do it. Oh, did you cu- Did you pick cucumbers? I did for one uh, for one season, and then uh, the worst is that your worst job ever? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I knew, like, you know, people were like, "How can you give up five years and go to a military academy?" And like, dude, I was like, man, I picked cucumbers on Zagronics Farm. Yeah, I remember. I'm sorry, Beth. I didn't go to tobacco like my. Well, brothers did, but they stayed there. The the tell explain to people how you picked cucumbers because this was one of my absolute crazies. Yeah, so it's a little like um, they were really not like the cucumbers you get like in the vegetable market. They were they had to be the right size cucumber that would fit in like a pickle jar. So they're like all of the craft like kind of you know, produce they would grow around there had to be like high quality. So you're like, you know, it sounds good because you get to lay literally lay down on the job. There's these inner tubes from these trucks and you you have these burlap bags and you lie on them. And then you wear these gloves because the, the, you know, vine cucumbers are really like gnarly. And you're just going. And when it starts, like I'm laying down, I'm looking at the ground. I see a cucumber. I pick it up. I throw how it. Far, tell everybody how far off the ground are you when you're laying like that flat? Oh, you're like two, you're two feet off. The Max. Ground. Yeah. Two feet yeah. off the ground. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of like going like this. Um, you know, um, I, 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 I never got motion sickness in like 30 foot seas in the Bering Sea. And I was like rare, you know, 5% 
Um, but I do remember like going to bed at night after a day on a cucumber picker and my bed felt like it was moving. Dude, so bad. But I also remember only being tan on my back. Yeah. Yeah. And the yeah. front half of your body never saw the sun. And there was always the like back of my arms. I was tan as fuck. person would throw a big cucumber at you because like if you missed one, when they came back through the field, it would be so big because they grow so fast and then they can't do anything with it. They're going to feed it to the cows or something. Amazing. Um, yeah. Listen, Jim, um, I'm going to put you back. I'm going to put the site back on at Semper what? SemperSmartGames.com. And we're also on Amazon. You can check us out on Amazon. Election Night, Blobby's Pizza, and uh, Play Smart Dice. And, um, and guys, listen, you know, okay, so not only, and podcast folks also who are listening and not watching, um, you know, um, not only are these games obviously fun to play. I played Election Night. It's fantastic. But fun and educational are not something that seems to be happening very much right now. And I'm so happy, man, that you are jumping into that, especially with math and science where we need help in this country. But on top of that, guys, like, man, you know how important I think the small business person is to our country. It's really the backbone. Walmart's not the backbone. Target's not the backbone. It's people like you and I who had a dream and had an idea and we're like, I'm going to risk to, to try to see this come to fruition. And I think we should all try this. And so I think we want to support each other when we're trying to reach our goals and when we're trying to do things outside of our comfort area. And Jim has lived his entire life outside of a comfort zone and it's his entire life. And let me tell you guys, it's not easy to go from what he was doing. The simple thing would be to find a job in your wheelhouse. That's not what he did. He jumped out of his wheelhouse into something he had never done into a arena that have like tried and true companies that have been dominating this space for years and he's killing it. So please do me a favor, man. And this is my buddy from high school and, and doing great things and lived a great life and SemperSmartGames.com. Uh, Jim Moran, dude. Hey, thanks for having me. Look forward to uh, when you can make it out here again too. Uh, always, always catch your show when you're in town. Listen, man, you know, I I saw you like two weeks before COVID popped up. I know, like that was like the last thing, you know. I yeah. did go see Jim, but like other than Jim Gaffigan, like you're the only comedian like I, I'm allowed to go out to see now. So. Well, I appreciate <laughs> it, man. And listen, it, it's so good connecting with you. And uh, everybody go check out SemperSmartGames.com. Jim Moran, thanks, dude. Good seeing you, man. Thank Great you. Thanks you. a lot. Guys, so much fun, and I'm going to have all you guys now uh, join me here if you want to, because uh, this is the part of the show where we're going to get into some of those weird products that I like so much. Um, and here is the uh, here is the link right there, StreamYard. And let's get into it, guys. So I wanted to talk to you guys today about some weird get products. Um, and, um, thank you, Joe. I appreciate you supporting Jim. I appreciate it very much. Alicia, thank you. Um, so I want to just go over the weird products real quick. And so we can get into the personal stuff next week. That's fine. We're all good with that. I, I feel like, uh, there's no need to force anything and, but please come join me. Excuse me down below. If you want to talk about any weird gifts that you've ever gotten or given, unfortunately, Hey cat. Unfortunately, I have not been able to figure out, uh, and I don't think this is a surprise for anybody, how to split screen and make, I can make videos come up, but not pictures. But let's start with product number one, everybody. 
please. Uh, and I want to see your thoughts in the chat product. Number one, if you can see up in the right hand corner here, those are lollipops guys. Um, they sell breast milk lollipops. I have to tell you and Kenny, thanks for joining us. I have to tell you, uh, yeah, Bo cucumber picking was not, uh, weird enough. I have to tell you, let me tell you right now about the breast milk lollipops. I'm not as weird as these seem to be. I look guys, I, you thought they were earbuds. I have eaten a live cockroach on TV before I have eaten a lot of weird things. So this to me, if somebody got this from me, I'm eating these. I have to tell you as weird as they are, I've tasted breast milk before. If you've had a baby, you've tasted it. Don't tell me you haven't tasted it. If you've had a baby, you've tasted it. And if you say I haven't tasted it, you are a liar. Look, man, I'm not saying I'm going out and buying them for me. I'm just saying if someone hands them to me, I'm not going to say no. I'm going to try it. Do you know what I mean? Again, right? Great for toddlers. And so they don't have to ask for titties at the movie theater. So you just give them a breast milk pop. Guys, as weird as this is, I'm going to give the breast milks if I'm going to rate this product without ever tasting it. Because I know it's going to be sweet. That breast milk is sweet, guys. It is. I, listen, uh, I, Kenny, you're Kenny. I see you, man. You ever tasted breast milk? Hold on one second. Kenny. Yeah. You ever, taste, you ever tasted breast milk? Of course. And it's kind of sweet, right? Yeah, it is kind of sweet. It I mean it's it's look, it I'm not asking for it at the restaurant, you know. <laughs> no. <laughs> not at Starbucks. No, and I'm not saying like I'm not at Starbucks being like, and can you give me two squeezes of breast milk? Can you can you steam my breast milk? I'm not doing that either. But I've tried it because I'm a human and there was a booby with milk coming out of it in front of me. And what am I going to do? Say no, you know? Right. It was usually accidental anyway. Yeah, because also there are going to be times during the time when your wife is breastfeeding when you're going to want to get in on the action and you're going to forget, oh, milk comes out of these now. So I remember that first time where I forgot and I was like, I broke it. Yeah. <laughs> There's something coming out of it now. <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah, man. All I right, Kenny. Say it's sweet, but it's the thought. That's what it is. It's just knowing. What, yeah. Well, let me let me ask you. I mean, I know you're not going to go out and buy breast milk lollipops, but is it something that you were you would be like? I'm not tasting that even for money. Oh, no, every everything's got a price. You know that, Kenny. You're my man, dude. I appreciate you chiming in. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Uh, man, see, I like Kenny, dude. Kenny knows what the deal is. Everything does have a price. That's like when I told you guys. Um, when you asked me about OnlyFans, and I'm like, look, man, I'm not, I don't want to do OnlyFans, but if you would pay me a million dollars a month to jerk off four times on OnlyFans, I would say start the account for me. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know why I wouldn't do that. Uh, secret menu item at Starbucks. Hilarious, Travis. Great idea. Bo, this, and by the way, guys, check out if you want to hop on the stream here, check right out here. Bo, this podcast always goes sideways, man. That's part of the deal. All right. Um, so so I have a yes for the breast milk. I'm dying to know what other people think. Most people are saying uh, no, but uh, I'm on board for that breast milk. So let's see what the next one is. Uh, okay. You won't be able to tell what this is, but this is a hard pass for me. This is the weirdest shit I think I have ever seen. Can I blow this up? solo layout does it work 
No. Hold on a second. Let me see if I can get exit. So okay. I don't know what that means. Um, so here's the deal. This is something you put your own tongue in so you can pretend like you're licking your cat, but it's a brush. So it's a tongue brush so you can lick your own cat. This to me is a hard pass. This uh, is the fucking grossest. Look, you cat people are weirder than us dog people. I, you can say you're not, but you cat people are willing to go to an extreme that look, have I, have I ever put like something in my mouth and had my dog eat out of it? Yeah. But I would never put a tongue, like a brush, a lick my cat. Get the fuck out of here. Cat people to me, because you're never going to find like an old dude with 74 dogs, but you're going to find somebody with like a lot of cats. Do you know what I mean? Like they fart and a cat comes out. You're like, Damn, what was it doing? And like, there are a lot of cat. I can't, this to me is the, not even as a joke. I don't know if I can handle this one. I'm going to, Ray Ray. <laughs> Ray You're making me fucking sick, dude. <laughs> I'm done. I'm tapping out. No. You're not, you're not, uh, you're not yeah. doing the tongue, tongue brush? No. Fuck no. <laughs> Fuck no. I mean, I'm not, I'm trying to be a cat person, but it's not happening. It's a fuck no from Alicia. It's a fuck no from James. It's Those a pass from Roger. Yeah. I mean, just listen. Dude, you were uh, really, I was gagging. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Thank you, Ray Ray. Listen, if you want to blow your cat, just blow your cat. I don't know why you got to pretend like you need to put a tongue brush on. You know what I mean? It's gross. There is no, you would have to pay. Rhonda said you have to pay. Yeah. Uh, no, it's a pass. Zachary, pass. Everybody, pass. All right. Oh, she's into it, guys. If you Google this gift, the people who are in the pictures are this fun. Dave says someone with eight dogs has a hobby. Someone with eight cats has nothing else. <laughs> I think that's true. Um, all right. We'll put our last weird gift up, um, and then we'll vote on the one we think should be uh, that we would get because I'm going to order it. And this one... You guys probably can't see this. It's called an ostrich pillow. So you put your head and your hands in it, and that's it. And so you got no head and no hands. I don't trust any human being in the world. I grew up with three older brothers. This is not something you do around other humans because someone is going to do something terrible to you. Like if I saw somebody doing that, the first thing that I would probably do is hold them down and tape their hands and their head in the pillow. Like, I think that would be a fun thing to do. I might fart in that little handhold. That would be gross. But if you have an ostrich pillow, here's another thing. You, this is another thing with the masks. Man, masks and ostrich pillow, man, you better brush those teeth. You know what I did the other day? I drank coffee and I put my mask on and went outside and I was like, God, yeah, that is this. I'm saying run. She said, what in the trailer park shit is that? I can't. You saw it on Pornhub. I think I'm more watching the wrong. We're watching different videos, Bo. That is not. I don't. Is there an ostrich pillow catalog category? Uh, it's Travis. Tra Travis says, you're right. This is a setup for a bad situation. This is a pillow that somebody invented to pull a joke on somebody else. There's no other reason you would do this. Cat, who do you trust enough in your life? To put that pillow on around. 
No, well, damn sure not my kids. <laughs> <laughs> or the cats. <laughs> yeah, you got to trust. You need like a friend from kindergarten. You know what I mean? That is Hell, not. I don't trust that bitch either. I still talk to her. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know who I trust to put my head in hands. I mean, like, if you, if you, let's say, if you traveled a lot and you had to be like. What? 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 How would you ever? Here's the thing. I don't, I don't know. I grew up in a house that if someone said, try this, I was like, no. No. Yeah. I'm not. You I'm want me to put that in my mouth? No. I was the one feeding the other ones. Yeah. Nah, you're going to have to prove to me. Like if someone says, try this, I'm like, yeah, boy, you're going to have to prove to me it wasn't on your nuts. I don't know how you're going to do that, yeah. but I'm not, I, I'm not trying that. This is like, seems like dumb town. Yeah. So let me ask sure. you something then. Kat, are you on board for the bre breast milk lollipops? Oh, you know, I'll eat anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm down. I think the tongue brush for you to clean your cat okay. is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I am a cat person. I have two of them and I love my cats. Not that fucking much. Right? <laughs> I mean, if I saw somebody doing this in public, I'd call the cops. I'd be like, yeah, hey, I don't know who you are. But you, more you, going on in this yeah. situation than her just loving on her cat. Ray Ray has a lick it sign up. What is that? <laughs> just lick it, Ray We're Ray. talking about the, all right. <laughs> oh, the dress up all the cops. Yeah, 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 there you go. <laughs> Uh, um, oh, sorry, right, right. Go. Oh, no, you're good. You're good, man. Okay. Um, all right, Kat. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. Well, so I think we decided that the breast out of the out of the three, Jim. I'm Jim. I'm gonna bring you back. Out of these three weird gifts, which one would you rather have? Would you rather have a tongue brush for your cat? Which to me is so weird. Like if you, if during your, like when they were giving you your interviews for the intelligence jobs, if you were like, well, I do tongue brush my cat, would they be like, probably be a non-starter. <laughs> <laughs> so do you go with the tongue brush? Do you go with the breast milk lollipops or the ostrich pillow? So I'm going to throw a curveball here because okay. um, we have three cats. I also am an organic gardener and, um, I would see the way I think, like I'm trying to get my daughters to do, you know, chores around the house. So I would get the tongue brush and I would put it out. And I would say like, you do this or you can tongue brush the cat. And this like, I think like my father like this, like, you know, and you know, the military doctors, like I had a double hernia surgery like at Bethesda, you know, where the president goes. And I was like, awesome, I'm gonna get the best care. Well, when I came out of that, they like, they don't let you stay overnight. They put the big catheter like right up on the shelf. And they say like, you got 90 minutes to relieve your bladder. And if you don't, you're getting this. And I'm like, my wife was there. I'm just like, I'm trying so hard. I can't do it. I can't feel it. Like, like shout me out. And they gave it to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it was good motivation. Like, I'm like, I'm not faking. They're like, no, yeah. I know, but we have the ultrasound of your bladder. It's about to explode. So we've got to like do this. And you were like, yeah, yeah. I, would use the, I would use the cat brush like that way. And, you know, like my daughters, they still like they're of an age where they think I might like, you know, yeah. it would have utility. Well, Jim, I, I, as usual, you took it from a very logical space. And I appreciate that, man. 
<laughs> All right. It's great though. I would love, I would actually, and then the other thing, you know, I, I'd probably pay him a hundred bucks to actually do it. But. I'm, I might send you a tongue brush, dude. Send me your address. <laughs> I'll talk to you. I mean, Joe, me too. Me too. If you were like, I have a breast milk lollipop, I'd be like, break that shit out. I'll order some of those too. Margaret, which one of those three to you are the ones that you're like, I'm not, that's not it. Well, first off, the ostrich pillow would be the equivalent of being the first one to pass out drunk at a party. So that one's out. The breast milk lollipop. Um, I'm not entirely sure I'd be down for that. I think I would prefer the uh, cat tongue brush just to weird people out. Margaret, that would weird people out for sure. Starting with me. But I would pay good money to see you tongue brush a cat. Anybody, by the way, not any, I would pay good money to see anybody tongue brush a cat. I mean, I'm guys, I'm ordering a couple. I'm going to send them out as gifts and prizes. Oh boy. This is a great question. Tina says, how can you be sure it's breast milk and from who? Wow. I had not thought of that. Cause just cause the idea of breast milk is so weird that I hadn't thought like, do you get to pick like what they ate cat? Why would you tell me that now? I can't, I can't. Oh my. Yeah. Cat, really? <laughs> There's By a the mental way, image. I'm not going to get rid of anytime soon. Christopher $20 is $20. That's basically my motto in life. <laughs> um, all right, Margaret. Um, how are things uh, going over there on the Josh Wolf network? Um, good. We've got a steady flow of people requesting to join. Um, lots of funny content. I enjoy being in there daily. I truly do. I appreciate you doing it so much. Um, and remember that whenever I'm in your area, obviously, uh, tickets on me. Oh, I can't wait. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Yep. See ya. Um, all right, guys, look, I had a great time on this podcast today. Um, we're not going to get into the personal stuff right now. I'm going to go downstairs and spend a little time with Beth. Um, I can't wait for you guys to see the new music video and to hear the new song. Um, and um, uh, just so you guys, you know, just a quick check in on uh, where I am mentally, you know, um, interesting part of my life where I feel better mentally, but physically I'm in the worst shape. Um, but it's almost like, I have to tell you, it it bothered me at first, and now it doesn't. I, I was always so controlling about my body and the way I looked. Um and being scared of not looking a certain way and being way scared of what people would think of me if I if I started to look a certain, you know, not the way I had been looking. And um and so I really figured out that part of my getting better mentally is allowing myself the permission to slip physically a little bit. Like I would, man, guys, if my, this is just where I was and this is where I put myself mentally. If my stomach touched my shirt, I would not eat for if I was below, not and I listen, guys. I'm not young, man. When I was, I remember when I was 48, 48, I got my body fat tested, 
And the guy was like, man, this is a little low for you. And I'm like, where am I at? And he's like, you're at 10%. And I'm like, oh, and all I was thinking was that you fat fuck. It was just a way for me to mentally beat myself up. I could always find a physical imperfection, no matter how hard I was trying for there not to be one. And I started to realize that, that for a while I was, I thought I was doing it to make myself feel better, but it was really so I could go and look at myself in the mirror and pick myself apart. And, uh, I'm not doing it to myself anymore. And I've just started to mentally get myself back into, okay, you, you're going to work out now, but you're going to work out to be healthy. You're not going to work out to prove something to somebody else or to be in a spot where you are working out just so you can pick apart your own, what you consider to be your weaknesses. And so, yeah, Bo, it was dangerous, man. I, 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 during those times when you guys were like, you look healthy, guess what? I don't know how healthy I was. So, you know, I've, I've really allowed myself to just to, to look the way I would normally look. This is how I would look if I didn't hit the gym seven days a week for an hour and a half and fucking was militant about everything I ate when I ate it and all that shit. This is how I would look and this is how I would feel. Um, and I like it. And so I do know, I do recognize that I can't do this for very long and I obviously need just health, just health wise to live and live a, 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 a fun a functional life, you know? Um, so I'm going to get back into it, but I, I am going to do it in a more healthy way where I'm not doing it almost as a punishment. So I would look in the mirror and go, you fuck. I don't want to do that anymore. Um, and I'm glad that I finally, and again, I, I attribute a lot of it to leaving LA and not comparing myself to other people all day, every day. And, um, and, uh, yeah, I, I feel good guys. We'll get into all that stuff next week. I, I, the one, only last thing I want to do, uh, I want to recommend a book, um, that has really been quite eye opening for me. It's called cast C A S T E. Uh, it's, uh, it doesn't matter what side of the political aisle you fall, fall on. It is a fascinating read about the caste system and how it has affected and continues to affect and live on in the United States. So it's, it's fascinating guys. Um, and with that, uh, I got a new year's Eve party, a party. I got a new year's Eve show in Cincinnati, everybody. Um, I'm on the road a couple of weeks in January. I am driving to most of my shows now. Um, love in Tennessee. So thank you all very much. Hey, Jim Moran, I know that you're still down there. Look, it's Jeremy Meyer. Remember Jeremy Meyer? Yeah, man. Um, so, uh, yeah. And that's it. And so, and, and uh, so check out obviously, uh, comedianjoshwolf.com for tour dates. Uh, my video is coming up on YouTube, uh, Josh Wolf comedy on all socials guys. Uh, Check out Jim and um, SemperSmartGames.com. Um, and um, yeah, I really love you guys. And you know how much I love this Friday feed. And I love connecting with you. And uh, it's it's as usual, my pleasure um, to have you all on board um, for this Friday afternoon. Uh, for those of you listening, come join me live so you can come on the screen and say hi. Uh, on Fridays at uh, Facebook.com forward slash Josh Wolf Comedy. And for those of you watching on Facebook, you know how much I love you. This Facebook family has been super cool and crucial for me um, during quarantine. You guys have been really uh, um, pretty amazing. And uh, I'm starting a podcast on Sundays, like I said. 
It's called family time where I'll talk to people like Jim from my high school, people I went to college with and people in my family. Um, it's not going to be anybody you guys know going in. It's just going to be people that I have a shorthand with and that we can tell a lot of stories and, and I'm looking forward to that more than anything. Um, and as always Monday night high live where I smoke some weed and take mushrooms and talk to you. Uh, come have some fun, everybody. Wait a second. Look who just joined in. My man, what's going on, Sean? I just want to say hello. I don't want you to be uh, down there and me not say hey to you, man. So what's up, brother? Hello, good to see up? you. Great, man. Um, I hope you guys are doing well. Always good to see your faces. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll send you a milk lollipop. All right, brother? You got it, man. Send me a uh, baby hand. <laughs> we had a baby hand. You got it, dude. Um, all right, guys. Love, love, love. Thank you so much. Big thanks, as usual, to my buddy Jim and Kat and Ray Ray and Sean. And everybody that, that, that checks in every week, I love you. I had a lot of fun with you this week. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time.